If you've been pondering politics this week, then you've come to the right podcast, because this is Pondering Politics. What are we pondering this week? Boris Summers' first post-election defeat. Do ministers ever get fired for being poor at their jobs? Is Boris changing Britain? And Donald Trump impeaches and doomsayers. I'm Andrew, the man on the street. I'm Simon, the man in the classroom, and together we are Pondering Politics. Intense. I, um, it's a very intense podcast. Okay, so sometimes we're doing a few questions today, but as well as a couple of questions, there's kind of a few news updates that we wanted to kind of talk about. And we'll go on with one that is perhaps a, a range of little stories all added together, which is, is Boris changing Britain? Because there's been a number of stories which, over the last, say, two or three weeks, which probably by themselves you wouldn't necessarily do a podcast slot on or spend ages talking about unless you're really deep involved in these particular areas of Britain. And they are quite minor. But put them together, and you actually get a picture of a Prime Minister that is really setting out with an agenda to change Britain in some ways. Now, Boris is a conservative, and we'll go through the details in a minute, but Boris is a conservative, and traditionally conservatives don't really substantially change things unless you absolutely have to. It's a bit of a stereotype, but it's true. Conservatives conserve, change to conserve. They only change when they kind of feel it's absolutely necessary or there's a very definite reason too. But Boris is actually going out and making significant changes, almost like a brand new government would, which is strange because, again, Boris Johnson is a Conservative. Conservatives have been in power now for seven or eight years, but he's changing things. So, Andrew, talk us through some of these changes, little tiny changes that actually are quite significant. When you so, yeah, some of them aren't even established changes. They're just the, the word on the street. And I don't mean... Your street. The street. I mean, Downing Street. Westminster. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and, and Downing Street. Uh, so the, the first that started to get um, the, the grab my attention was that Boris is considering moving the House of Lords north to York. Yes. Or even further is yeah. is, is thing. I mean, there's, there's lots of destinations around, but York seems to be the major mm-hmm. idea. I think part of this is because Parliament is being refurbished so they're going to have to move both the commons yes. and the lords i think they're kind of saying well why do, why why does it does it necessarily have to move to london no and the other part i think is that obviously a lot of the north voted for the first time in many cases yep. for tories yeah so is this part of his have some, old, have some old people <laughs> have some old people that we ignore after three sentences of <laughs> them trying to change them uh, the is it just him trying to spread the power or give the 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 show that he's trying to spread power? I mean, because all in all, it doesn't actually mean anything for the North. It doesn't add anyone in like Manchester. Well, Manchester bad because it's big uh, money-making capital. But It might be an attempt to make them feel more politically relevant. Yeah. But unless they have people from the areas in the House of Lords, it doesn't really make you much bit of much of a different it, it's it can give, it's a, it's a, it can give a tourism thing I mean I think the first impact would be because I haven't really read this story I'll, I'll fess up but I'm surely the first impact would be that a lot of the lords would just stop being politically active because most lords are retired you know post career yeah, in many yeah, they've cases. just left the house of MPs and so they probably live in or close to London and they kind of go to the house of lords because they want to but also because it's convenient and if York if is you know a far longer change journey, I think you'd probably lose a lot of lords mm. actively yeah. Um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that could also be an agenda. He could also be like, well, let's kind of nerf the Lords a little bit. Yeah, because there is some reform calls for the Lords. So. And, he, and he was defeated in the Lords yesterday, which is a story we'll come back to. We'll come back later. to it. So, so, so what, what, one of the other changes, uh, in the, the, the policy uh, being uh, in the withdrawal agreement. Yes, I'll talk about that with the, when it is first defeat. Yeah, but he's talked about changing... Uh, how judge uh, whether the executive can overrule the judiciary when it comes to post EU bills, but I'll talk about that one a little bit later. 
Um, the other one was changing how the civil service recruits yes. people. Um, they're looking to try and take more outsiders into the civil service with fresh ideas, fresh thinking, rather than just kind of establishment. Um, experts in their fields. Yeah. Uh, you said there was another big change coming with uh, the press. Yes, the press. So normally uh, it's the, the lobbying system, I believe it's called. And it means that uh, basically you get a pre-approved pass for, for the press and they can go around Westminster and they're free to roam around with with certain restrictions, obviously, if there's a private meeting, they can't yeah. go, hey, I'm from the sun. <laughs> um, but they can basically grab beer of anyone and go, hey, can I just ask you what you think about this and stuff like that. But now the the, the briefings from uh, Downing Street will be held at 9 Downing Street. Mm-hmm. So on the surface, this doesn't, like, to me, until I looked into it, it doesn't actually mean anything. Mm-hmm. Just, so what? You just walk across the street, wherever it is. But in fact, it means that you kind of have to be in places at two times. So if, if Boris says something in the Houses of Parliament... Then you have to go from Parliament down to Downing Street to get a press release or, or, or a briefing for it. And it means they're running around. They won't have the access and they won't be able you know, to have the, the ear to the ground to find exactly what's going on. And the press are not very happy about it. Well, they don't like change. But this show, put this all together and each one's minor. And you might with each one, you might well as a, as a viewer be kind of going, mm. but you put them all together. And this is, these are changes which are demonstrate a prime minister that's quite keen on changing the system. Um, we, we talked about is he going to start nominating judges later in bits of order. I mean, a slight aside: Are you impressed with Boris so far, or are you distressed with Boris so far? No, no. I mean, I think he hasn't done anything to outrage me yet, um, making me think he's he's evil and everything was said during the the election from the other side are correct about him. Well, do nothing, Boris. But he, no, no. I I think that like what you introduced this as, I think he's. It looks like he's trying to get some changes done. And there's the other thing where he's told his um, the MPs to stop going on telly and do your job. <laughs> we, we need to get things done now. Which links us to our second story, which is do ministers ever get fired for being poor at their jobs? So we might as well, as you kind of mentioned it, we'll kind of go into that. Yeah, I did one. jump around all the subjects in, in one go. We did. Um, so Boris came out this week and said publicly to his ministers by writing them a letter, which was, of course, then leaked or whatever, uh, saying basically, be good at your jobs. Don't spend your time worrying about going on TV shows. Stop mucking about with like how policies appear on TV and just be good at your jobs or I'll fire you. Now, there's one thing we cover in A-level politics, which is called individual ministerial responsibility. And the it's basically if the minister screws up, they're supposed to resign. Yeah. But then the debate you have is, does that actually exist? Like, do ministers actually resign for screwing up or do they actually resign when they're pressured by the press or you know some sort of scandal etc etc and most ministers the general rule is that most ministers resign for personal scandals far more than they resign or crimes far more than they resign for actually being bad at their jobs is kind of your stock answer so but boris is definitely kind of whether he actually follows through with it is another matter but he definitely seems to be kind of sticking a big thing in the in the sand of saying just get on with being a minister and don't go on tv which which there's a few impacts again, a bit like the the journalism one. Yeah, the journalism yeah. and, and the and the moving the House of Lords. There's a few impacts. Like if his cabinet's not going on TV, they're not becoming famous. They're not becoming a threat to him as a potential leader. Yeah, because they're they're not picking up the fame. Um, he's also demonstrating that he's interested in the outcome of what they do far more than how he's it's kind of perceived or at least kind of heading that mm. way perhaps also pulling more power to himself yeah it's controlling the narrative in so many different ways with the yeah. house of lords the press controlling what they say on tv because the tv and article writing was mm. mentioned from the bit i read because the journalists weren't like this instruction either no because they love you know they, they, they've got their sources and they yeah. like to go into their sources and if it comes out that someone's been talking to the press with this 
kind of attitude, yeah, yeah they'd be fine. But he is, like, again, like a bit spy cloaking down here. If he, if, let's say a few of them do go to the press yeah. and he does stick by his word yeah. and fire them, which he has got, like, track record for now due to the Brexit rebel, rebel yeah. people. If he does that enough, he's going to create a problem down the road or he's got a lot of backbenchers, like, looking to... Yeah, to get him. <laughs> but then all prime ministers eventually end up that way. You know, all prime especially ministers, Tory prime ministers. Well, yeah, but all prime, well, even Blair ended up that way eventually. You know, you 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 come in on a ray on a crest of oh my god, we love our leader, and then over time people get disgruntled, they get fired, they get passed over. So it's going to happen. But look, you could do it the other way if he if he makes a few martyrs or whatever the phrase is, sacrifices. Maybe the Examples. rest of them, yeah, the rest of them may well for, kind of fall in line. I guess it depends how much of a priority this is to him. To kind of get this done. I mean, Theresa May had a huge problem with leaking ministers yeah. and ministers. She didn't doing she news on TV. command respect of her cabinet. She didn't. And so it may be that Boris is coming down hard because he feels he has to. Perhaps because he was one of the leakers. Like yeah, before yeah. Him, he, but, so, he knows how much trouble that can cause. Um, so it may be that this is more of a threat than an outcome. But it, I, I guess I'm just interested in it because the implication is that he... He really wants to see results from his ministers. Yeah, and he doesn't need to do this, does he? Because he's got such a strong majority at this point. It's just off oh, the election. But let's look at this in another way, though. Like, 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 like when you, there was an old TV program called Yes Minister or Yes, yeah. Prime, yes Prime Minister back in, the, like in the 1980s when I was a kid. And they were, there was always jokes in that about how the aim of ministers and the civil servants was to do nothing. They were, it was to appear busy but achieve nothing. And, you know, it was joke after joke after joke about, oh, well, that's a very brave minister coming up with a natural policy, all these kind of things. And yet Boris here is making an implication that, no, you're actually there to do a, to do a job. Whether or not it's blibber blabber or yeah. just made up that phrase, I, I don't know. But it would be interesting to see if he follows through with, you are an underperforming minister and therefore I'm going to replace you. Um, if if he wants to make an example, then he does have to move on this. Well, there are, I, I can't see people. Like, I mean, look who you've got in in. Well, there's a reshuffle coming up probably. Allegedly, yeah. So you have got Michael Gove. He loves going on TV yeah. <laughs> all the time. Uh, James Cleverly, he's yeah. always on TV. He's always on Daily Politics. Yep, he's always yeah. on stuff like that. And then you've got probably some of the new guys who he's going to appoint to the cabinet, and they want to make their mark. But they have a right to make their mark. As well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, look the, at what he did. I mean, the leaders of the future will be in the cabinet of today. I, I probably could have done that phrase. Probably. The leaders of tomorrow will be in the cabinet of today. There you go. So is he? Is, I don't know how he's. I don't know what the long term is, but it does look, from my perspective, it does look a bit impressive that he's actually doing stuff. I think the test will be that David Cameron and Theresa May both ended up with some ministers that were kind of reasonably well known for not being very good. There were a few yeah. that people kind of constantly like uh, Chris Grayling. You know, yes, or Chris Grayling. Um, <laughs> I guess the test will be, does Boris end up with them as well? Because if he does, then this is just nothing. Mm. And if he doesn't, because he instantly gets rid of anyone that's seen as performing, then this is a new way of handling government. Mm? Oh, I'm quite interested to see what he does with Michael Gove after their history. Now yes, he's got a majority, he doesn't but, have to really but worry interesting, about Michael Gove is actually known as being quite an effective minister, yeah. even if a terrible friend. <laughs> terrible, um, terrible. So, so Michael would probably be one that he might want to actually see more of. Because Dominic Cummings was originally Michael Gove's advisor, not Boris's. Oh, I didn't know So that. they have that kind of element in common, that they're both actually changes. Uh, so as long uh, as he doesn't hold any reformers. As long as he doesn't hold any bad uh, blood about his first venture into becoming the leader. Well, Boris can't hold bad blood over people portraying people because that's like what he does for breakfast. Not, not on the scale of Gove though. Gove's like that's his that's yeah. his legend I, 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 I take the point but I don't I think it would be very hypocritical for Boris to hold a, a grudge over over Yeah. 
uh, that, that kind of thing. Wow, this is a terrible sentence. <laughs> his his persona he portrays, which I you know, he's probably yeah. a little bit hammed up. I I don't think that person would. But we don't know. What we don't know. Be we don't, it's it's one of those. Let's um, change tack completely for a bit. For a little bit. Let's let's go to America. Uh, Trump okay, cool. impe- oh, impeaches and doomsayers. Uh, so the trial starts today with uh, yes. the impeachment trial in the Senate. Um, so this is the bit where we expect Trump to get acquitted because there is a majority in the Senate of mm-hmm. uh, Republicans. So the outcome is almost certain. But what's not certain is how long the trial will last for, whether witnesses will be allowed, whether evidence will be allowed to be submitted. <laughs> I know, I know, it seems alien. It seems, seems bizarre, <laughs> but they may not, in fact, allow evidence to be submitted in this trial. Obviously, what, what a wonderful trial it will be if they, if they don't. <laughs> Can we see some evidence? Um, no, and there's all sorts of other random facts going on. So basically, the trial will continue until they vote and it takes place. Um, but a lot, of, some of the senators are currently the people who are in the, running for the Democrat primary. So while the okay. trials run on, those senators actually have to be present for this trial rather right. than going to campaign. So they will, they will obviously have a dual, like, do I want to be here? Do I not want to be here? Yeah, exactly, All that yeah. kind of thing going on. Um, so keep watching the news. It's going to be, it's going to be fascinating, even if it will ultimately not go anywhere. Yeah, but we do expect him to get off. We expect him to get off. The question, I think, is more like what damage is done en route. And and who the damage is done to? Do the Democrats come out of this looking like it's a witch hunt, in which case it'll hurt them and boost Trump? Does Trump come out of it looking guilty as hell but got away with it because he has a majority, in which case the American public could really get turned against him? Um, you know that 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 kind of thing. Um, do any of do any of the people involved on prosecution or defence, who will be of course senators, do any mm. of them kind of shine forth as be, be particularly effective or, or particularly sneaky? Um, it'll be interesting to so keep watching the news. Uh, Doomsayers. So he Trump today made a little speech about. Yeah. So he he addressed um, a speech. Where, where was it? I can't recall. Hungary. Where it was. Yeah, I think it was Hungary. Some sort of economics conference. Yes. And obviously there was a lot about the environment and climate change, and uh, especially what's going on in Australia was was mentioned a few times. Mm. He used the platform to number one boast about how successful America is. Of course. Well, and while and while a lot of what he said was based in truth, he definitely over exaggerated, saying the best. Like figures ever seen for jobs, and it, while it is a very good speech, but I think jobs are a bad example. It actually probably is one of the, the all time high of unemployment. There, there's the, the financial sector is not doing mm. as good as he said. I mean, it's doing good, it, it's not doing bad. I'm not, not saying that at all, but he definitely was saying for all of history, it was the greatest it's ever done. It's the, the, the typical Donald Trump, but then he got to the environment issue. So he said that you know, America's going to plant more trees and help with that but then he did have a little dig at a certain member of, of the audience he didn't mention any names he didn't but he, he said about um, not to believe the doomsayers they mm. want capitalism to kind yeah. of fail because we have to keep building and going forward and stuff yeah. and uh, the air is cleaner than it's ever been in the history of America I think he said that statement which is not true mm. they're the 10th um, I was listening to the radio the 10th cleanest air in the world so to say they're the one at the top, so it depends how you look at it. But and that's only certain parts of America. But uh, who who was he having a little dig at? Do we think? Well, Greta was in the audience. Greta was in the audience. Yes. Um, I mean, what's the correct? I wonder what the correct line for this to take is because obviously Greta and climate change uh, supporters is probably the wrong phrase. But um, you know, a- activists, activists uh, have got their own personal bias, yeah. and on the other side, you've got capitalists. Uh, the hardcore capitalists or, or climate change deniers who want to completely ignore it. But I, I wonder what the kind of... I wonder if there is a path that a politician could take that would satisfy anyone or whether actually... Again, this is almost like Brexit in that you're either a Remainer or you're a Brexiteer. You're either a climate change denier or a climate change activist and actually there's no there's no um, way to kind of please. Obviously, obviously Trump is, is on far more on the 
denier side if he's talking about doomsayers and things like that but you know if for example trump had come out and said we're going to do x and y he probably still would have got criticism from both sides yeah because there's never i mean uh, the the activist side say it doesn't seem to matter what you say that's never enough unless you go carbon neutral by tomorrow and the climate change deniers will always say if you do anything then you're you're overreacting yeah you're, you're ruining and, and especially the countries are now are the main culprits because america everyone assumes america is the worst they're not they are doing stuff they're just not doing enough and they are still quite bad well it's often the developing countries because yeah so you've got china and india yeah. are the number one and twos yeah. definitely china i mean david attenborough came out last week and said that everyone else can go carbon neutral tomorrow yeah unless china change yeah. it, it won't be enough yeah and but china have started making some noises and they are going to start really investing and looking into stuff well, but they can just—they can just. I don't think you're going to make anyone happy because uh, the deniers. <laughs> so, so I guess the question about my question is: if you can't make everyone happy, does it has it has what Trump said actually mattered? Does it actually matter? Yeah, like, yeah, because you you do have to do the right thing. If you're quite centrist in in this, whether you you can see both sides of the, the argument and yeah. you don't think that. Especially when the energy is directed, the lobbying is directed at the wrong places. There's all you can lobby against America, and we obviously we got extinction rebellion in the UK that are closing up London bridges. But that's all well and good. But even if we all stop tomorrow, unless you actually get China, India, some of the African nations to change, it ain't going to make any difference. Mm. But I don't see that happening. I don't quite understand. Is it because America and UK are easy targets because you're, you, you've got your freedoms to? protest and lobby why oh, well, aren't, I think, yeah i think that's a big you know, what, but yeah but in the uk why didn't extinction rebellion go and glue themselves to the uh, chinese embassy and say change your ways why did they block a bridge because the uk is like the fifth best we're not as good as some of the scandinavian yeah. countries but we're still very good well, it's probably because you don't get shot if you protest exactly in the, in the uk but that's not a criticism of the climate change people activists i mean that you're just dealing in the hand you're kind of dealt and also you're kind of making a noise where you hope it's going to be heard i mean because i think uh, I'm not, well, I'm not. Changes have to happen, but in the UK, let's use the UK for example. Yeah. One thing that really confuses me, and no one—I mean, I don't really know any climate activists, so per se. Everyone cares about the environment, yeah. but they don't class themselves as activists. In the UK, you're not going to be shot. Why don't you go to the the Chinese embassy, Indian embassy, some African? You know, if, if you've got the data and you yeah. know they're polluting, take it to them. Yeah. They need to change. But and yes, you- our government does need to do something, and Trump needs to do something. He needs to pressure. Those countries, but those countries, especially Brazil, are saying, "Hang on a minute, you had your industrial revolution. Well, yeah, exactly. You made yeah, all yeah, the money yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah. like that. Now it's our turn, and you're telling us we can't do it for environmental yeah. stuff." And that, and, and that's when it starts to get tricky because we we have been polluting like PC soup fogs and all that kind oh, of like absolutely it, 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 we but that's, we did go through those periods, and we're only able to not be such so now because we've gone through those polluting phases and so other countries in, in quotes have an entitlement to do it as so well. is the answer all the countries that benefited from that period and now well it's too late you know yeah we we can't we've done as much as we can and we're yeah. going to go by carbon neutral by 2030 2050 prob- probably the only way to do it really is to provide technology to those countries yeah, i think i mean i think all the big developing countries have to chip in a bit and say look, look brazil for example yeah. <laughs> if we give you a bit of money would you stop chopping down your rainforest please um yeah, which obviously then hits us in the pocket. Exactly. It's tricky. Um, so there's Trump. So there's interesting things going on there to, to discuss, and obviously people will have strong opinions on that. Which brings us to our last topic. Boris suffers his first post-election defeat, which we kind of mentioned earlier. So yes, would you like to explain that? Um, so Boris has been defeated in the House of Lords. Um, so he's got an advan- he's got a um, 
Majority in the House of Commons, unlike Theresa, he's unlikely to uh, experience a, a defeat in the House of Commons, at least for <clears throat> probably several years. And so the other legislative body of the House of Parliament, Parliament is, has given him his first bloody nose, albeit, what are we now, like um, two months? No, no, just a month after the election. Um, and it's over a rather interesting thing, because Boris is putting through his EU withdrawal bill, and he's tagged a little bit on, a little amendment to his own bill, or, or a little extra, extra phrase, uh, which allows ministers to instruct judges but only over specific things um, and what it allows them to do is to make rulings of when eu law can uh, conflicts with existing uk law the minister is allowed to kind of say that one's superior or that one is the one we're going to keep or so yeah on. and the reason this is happening is because a whole load of eu law is about to appear in uk law and some of those laws will conflict because before eu law has been superior so say for example there's a say for example there's a british law that says uh, cars have to have this type of engine. Yep. And then an EU law says, well, actually, no, cars have to have that kind of an engine. EU law outranks UK law as a member of the EU law. Yep. So the first law would simply be ignored in favour of the EU law because it's like a two-tier system, which is what America always has, a, has always had a two-tier system with constitutional laws and other yep. laws and so on. When all those all those EU laws become UK law, which is what we get, which is bizarrely what happens when we leave the EU, the, the transitional, the transitional, yeah. So the way to kind of leave the EU in effect is to move all EU laws into UK law, so we have that kind of stability and yep. continuing thing, and then we can pick them apart one by one. So what what he's doing makes sense. Basically, what he's now doing is saying, well, when we get any conflict between these EU laws and older UK laws the minister is able to instruct a judge to say that one's superior. So that, there's that, some, that's the law we're going for. That's the law we're yeah. going for, which, which makes sense. However, when you think about it from a constitutional point of view, what he's actually doing is allowing the executive to direct the judiciary. And that is something that's never supposed to happen. Like that's that's like old school corruption kind of days when, mm. you, you know, like, a, 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 you know, that's like, you know, like, like it. Like just think about it, like 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 a president or a dictator telling a judge which make way, way to yep. make a, make a ruling. You know, it's 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 not a huge deal because it's over EU, but as a general principle, it's actually a fairly big deal. Um, to well, have. It, it's one of those little things. It can easily be one of the other topics. It's like just a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there. Yeah. And when it goes back to a, a couple of podcasts ago, where we're talking about Trump. No, sorry, not Trump. Boris. Uh, Boris. Yeah. <laughs> Boris getting more power yeah. is it, it all kind of adds up to this little picture that while it looks like it's action it actually can start to leave a bit of a bad taste in well, it, it 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 strikes a bit at the kind of traditional definitions of democracy and mm. part of democracy is rule of law separation of powers an independent judiciary and it directly attacks independent judiciary because the judiciary is supposed to be independent of outside influences other than following the law of the country and if you've got a minister who's able to say to a judge do that that is not an independent judiciary. However, as one of my students correctly pointed out today, they, it's not over every single issue. It's only in a specific circumstance of EU law. and So it's only over the Brexit transition period and when there's clashing laws. When, when there's it clashing laws. Be, it, so as far as you know, can it be carried over to any other circumstances? Or? As far as I know, I know. Well, it can't because However, it's defeated. Anyway. The, <laughs> so, yeah. To then complete the kind of tale, the legislature said to Boris, no, because the House of Lords voted no. So in effect, the legislature has supported the independence of the judiciary from the executive, um, to use political kind of speak. Um, or to put it another way, all three branches of the UK government today, yesterday, had a bit of a power. 
<laughs> Which is good. I mean, the system is is, is working the way it is. There's checks and balances. And so what will happen now is that the same bill will then go back to the Commons. The Commons will have a choice to either vote it back. So it's called ping pong. So yep. it basically goes between it's the two three houses. times. Uh, to, in effect, limitless times. Oh, I, I, okay. Sorry, you, you um, learn something new every day. So what what tends to happen is if the Lords votes no to something, it gets sent back to the Commons. The Commons mm -hmm. has a choice: do we amend the bill? Do we vote it straight through again? Do we forget the whole thing? You know, all three things happen at, at various points. If the Commons send it straight back, often Lords let let it through on the second attempt because there's an argument about are they democratically legitimate. But that's their choice; they don't have to do that. Okay. That's only a kind of convention thing. But there's nothing about three, 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 so on. Um, what the government can do is, after a year, they can force it through anyway. Okay. So, and that's called the that was the Parliament Act, 1949 or something. But that means if it does go to the full year, then that means that would we not leave? Brexit with a deal at the end of this month? I don't think it would affect that. I think I think if it would affect that, Boris would just remove that clause from his withdrawal bill because I, I think I think the thirty first of January is a set in stone date for Boris now because yeah. that, that's his thing. So I don't think it would come to that. I think it. I think it's more of a question of. I think it's just a very kind of interesting thing for kind of political people like British Constitution first defeat in the House of Lords. You know, yeah. like Boris has now effectively managed to silence Parliament at least for a, uh, sorry the House of Commons yeah at least for the next few years. But he still has the judiciary that blocked him earlier in two thousand and nineteen, yep. and he now has possibly a, a more active House of Lords. Um, but they kind of have to act as his almost his opposition because Labour is in such a weakened state. And there was, an, there was an article, was it an article or, or a podcast or someone? I can't remember which journalist it was, but there was a journalist that was saying the other day um, that the, the importance of the media had increased because, because Boris now has a majority, that it's now more of the responsibility of the media to hold Johnson to account than before. So this story that you started yeah, today about, about a weakening the of media the media around, yeah. is that maybe maybe he is trying to find different... I mean, it's a very cynical way of talking about it. You know, is, is he actually trying to nullify the things that could threaten him or are, is they, are these all... In, you know, but when you just say that stuff, I mean, it's not us being cynical because you, you just arrived there organically just by talking about the situation. You didn't have a preset agenda in your head to get around there. You just said... No. You saw an article. It was about the press. I spoke to you, uh, I, I sent you a message going, oh, have you seen this story about uh, Boris's change in yeah. the, the rules of the press? I've been listening to the radio and it's been lots, obviously it would be because that, that's the media and it affects yeah. them. But they're like going, oh, this is, this is pretty bad because yeah. um, whereas these people have access to the House of Commons, they don't necessarily, that pass, that same process doesn't work with Downing Street. Mm. So it could easily be, Boris could go, don't let, so-and-so from the BBC in or don't let so-and-so from ITV news in and because he, he's asking difficult questions and the policeman at the front gate goes no not today sir because that was one of Trump's to things that used it at a certain point was banning various yeah, well, just screaming fake news over and over so oh maybe we've talked ourselves into a bit of a bind here so we're basically kind of saying that although we're quite impressed with Boris if you think about the all the checks and balances on Boris's power, Commons no longer as effective as it was. Yeah. House, of, it, House of Lords being <laughs> banished to York. Yeah, off you go. Press, to the press, press having their passes yeah. removed or changed or altered. Um, what, judiciary perhaps changing the way that they're nominated or being instructed to do things by the ministers. Um, his own ministers have now been told yeah, to don't, shut don't, up, yeah, not go on the media. Don't say anything. Blah, 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 just blah, blah, get on with your jobs. Uh, wow, it's, it's the end of days. I think. <laughs> well, it, well, it's only the end of days if he's actually if there's any kind of nefarious plan. If he uses his power for good, yeah, like Spider Man. Yes, exactly. Then he, then he with great power it. comes great responsibility. Yeah. It's not necessarily a problem as long as 
But it does appear that he is attempting to be the car, the complete opposite of Theresa May and David Cameron, both of whom were weakened by either being in coalition or by being in um, uh, a small majority, DUP, supply and uh, demand agreement. Reduced um, majority in a All that kind of bad stuff. general election. Uh, and why wouldn't you want to be the opposite of Theresa May and David Cameron? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, it, Parliament has been in gridlock for a while, but it looks like Boris is over, in his first month is trying to set the stage for the next five years by mm. by pushing away a lot of the potential barriers that could come up in the future. So we more or less solved nothing. It could be great or it could be really bad. <laughs> but whether it's good or bad, it's going to be a lot harder to stop him. And that is a good note to finish up. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, good. And we've been pondering politics and something got really depressed at the end dun, of that dun, one. Dun, dun, yeah, yeah, that needed a, that needed a, yeah, bit of a musical interlude. Yeah, that. A crack of lightning. And <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. And please like the podcast, tell your friends, tell your folks, etc., etc., etc. We're available on Apple, on Anchor, and wherever you are watching it, on Spotify or whatever as well. And give us a follow on Twitter and tell us why we're wrong and you know more and start an argument with us because we would perversely enjoy it he would <laughs> <laughs> goodbye goodbye